0: Welcome to the Peaceful World Schooling Podcast featuring your host, Angela Harders. We are committed to cultivating a peaceful world beginning right in our own hearts and homes. Together, we believe that the world is our biggest and best classroom and the people and places in it are our greatest teachers. So I invite you to join me on the adventure of a lifetime, beginning with a conversation that can change the world. Today's episode of the Peaceful World Schooling Podcast is brought to you by the book, Gospel-Based Parenting, a biblical study on discipline and discipling. In this book, you will explore what the Bible really says about spanking and how we can discipline our children the biblical way, without spanking or punishment. Every chapter includes a list of discussion and application questions to help you reflect on God's Word, God's heart, and your own heart as you seek to discipline and disciple your children like Jesus. Buy your copy today. In today's episode of the peaceful world schooling podcast I had the privilege of interviewing dr. Don Owsley about gentle parenting however since recording this episode dr. Don has been diagnosed with cancer I set up a give send go so that we can show our support for him and for his family as they're navigating this very difficult time please pray for dr. Don for a full recovery and for his family And I thank you in advance for donating to support him. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Peaceful World Schooling Podcast, where we're committed to cultivating a peaceful world beginning right in our own hearts and homes. My name is Angela Harders, and I'm your host. And today I have the privilege and honor of introducing you to Dr. Don Owsley. Thank you so much, Dr. Owsley, for being with us today, and I am super excited to have you on the podcast to hear a little bit more about your story so you can share your wisdom with the rest of us.
1: Well, awesome. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: It is my pleasure.
1: Can you hear me okay? I've got...
0: Yes. Yep. We can hear you just fine.
1: Good. Good.
0: All right. So to get us started, can you share with us a little bit about you, your family, and your story?
1: Oh, wow. Uh, how far back. I became a Christian in high school. I met my wife while serving in the army in Okinawa. That was 45 years, 46 years ago. We got married 45 years ago. Uh, We raised two daughters who are now grown, and our younger daughter was adopted. Uh, We did not know or understand why she was such a hard child to work with and deal with and love Hmm. until she was about 11 years old. And we found out that she had reactive attachment disorder, something we had never heard of. Um, So we were on a learning curve, major learning curve, paradigm shift in terms of the brain, neuroscience, behaviors, um, working with children and and all that. So we were on a, uh, it was a steep, learning curve, to say the least. Mm. That was uh, back in, she was diagnosed in 2007. Uh, We, I think that's right, around that time, in 2008, we, uh, for the next several years, we worked with counselors and therapists and psychologists and psychiatrists and school counselors, you name it. We probably should have earned another master's degree each because of all the work and all the schooling and all the you know the seminars and, and the reading and everything that we went through. Yeah. But that was that was a significant change for us in terms of outlook. Uh, when we had our first child, we were nine years married and she was the perfect child. And I, I don't you know I don't mean to be um, sarcastic or anything. But you know, facetious. She really was. She was compliant. She was uh, loving, uh, quiet, inquisitive, intelligent. She, you know, all the wonderful qualities. And at that time, we had a, a perspective that we were the great parents, perfect parents. We got our act together. And then came nine years after that came our adopted child with all these disorders mm. well, our adopted daughter has uh, she's grown now she's in her 20s um she's off on her own she prefers to have very little to do with us mm. except when she needs us uh, which is heartbreaking but she's had three sons and we uh, we did not want to have responsibility at all with the three sons the 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 first um the, the father of the first child um, has custody, you know, has, uh, um, yeah, custody, guardianship of his own first child. The grandparents of the second child have guardianship of him. And then our little one was going to go into foster care. And we couldn't see that. This was four and a half years ago. So we brought him home and we tried to find a, a family to take him. Um, but one thing led to another. He was in our home for a few months. And by that time, <laughs> he said, we can't give him up. We're too attached. So we are now raising in our, I'm 68. Uh, my wife is, uh, I think she just turned 67. And we are now raising our fourth. Mm. So in terms of family dynamics and everything, we we have with our first child, we Um, homeschooled her pretty much from fourth grade all the way. Mm. Um, Our second child would not cooperate, no matter what kind of schooling. And uh, so we've had experience in, you know, in a variety of educational backgrounds and schooling and so forth. Mm. Uh, we We did the perfect thing. We read all the popular books from the 70s and the 80s you know, we followed and ticked off all the boxes to do all the right things. Mm -hmm. And our first child was supposedly a result of our perfect parenting. And then comes our second child who's totally opposite. Mm. Uh, And that was a wake up call for us. But we've learned that, um, you know, it's only by God's grace, his intervention, his work in the hearts of our children that ultimately matter. We have significant influence. Well, we learned that, but uh, usually up to the age of five or six. And then again, in, you know, the teen years. And, and what I have found being, I, I helped the group start a Christian school. We did that for four years. Um, we homeschooled. We put our old, a younger daughter in, in public school. Uh, my wife and I have taught in public schools and uh, we taught in private schools. But the number one factor that we learned is part of our testimony is um, our children don't read the books, Mm. (laughs) you know, and they don't they don't follow a script like we want them to. Yeah. And, And the children who tend to turn out right, so to speak, caring, loving, responsible adults are those whose caregivers, mom and or dad, um, Love them, uh, definitively love them all the way through.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So uh, currently i am I am teaching uh, part- time as a uh, an instructor in Bible and sometimes leadership courses at Colorado Christian University. I started Relevate for helping, advising, or counseling. started off mostly working with marriage and and then family and now parents.
0: Mm. Wow, that's amazing. and I know you have so much to offer, the, especially the Christian community in particular, that you and your wife both have invested so much in sharing your wisdom and your knowledge and your experience with others. And I just want to start off by thanking you for, for being open to adoption. Um, I know that's something that has been on my heart for a long time, and I hope that one day God will give me the, the blessing and the opportunity to be able to adopt children of my own um but i also appreciate your your honesty in the in how challenging um adopting a child can be and and the ups and the downs that that you go through as a parent um bringing another child that especially a child that has experienced trauma um and bringing that child and their trauma into your home um and also you know you're kind of getting that that second generation as well by raising you know your grandson Mm -hmm. and, and all the trauma that he's been dealing with too in his very short little life. Um, So I just want to thank you first of all, for, for being, you know, willing to adopt and uh, taking that on and being honest about, about your, your struggles along the way and your journey in that. So thank you. Um, You're
1: welcome. Thanks for saying that. (laughs)
0: It's encouraging. Yeah. Um, And I I really feel like it's important that people can be honest about their struggles, because a lot of times when, you know, we see an expert, and it's like, oh, they are not struggling with yelling at their kids, or they're not struggling with their child, you know, having these tantrums or whatever, and it, it can kind of give off that impression, you know, but I feel like when we can be honest about the struggles that we have and being able to say, no, like, yes, I wrote a book about gentle parenting, but I still struggle with being a gentle parent, even though I wrote a book on it. Um, and, you know, being able to, to be honest about our own struggles, I think is really important, but, um, But I am curious, though, about how you discovered gentle parenting. I know that this is not something that is common in Christian circles. Um, And so whenever I encounter other believers that love Jesus and love the gospel and also love gentle parenting, I always want to know, how did you find yourself discovering gentle parenting as a Christian?
1: Um, Again, you know, we, as I mentioned, for our first child, uh, we raised her according to the books. Mm-hmm. You know, we had all that. We had dobson and and um, I can't think of many of the names, but very, very common typical books found in mostly fundamentalist circles.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And we thought, oh man, this is this is great. You know? primarily, it's a uh, um, speaking SWAT, you know the method. Y- you tell the kid, you spank them, if they don't do it. And, yep. you know, you move on um, with, with our older daughter, we hardly ever spanked. Mm. And a couple times that I, I did spank. I thought it was because I had to, mm. um, you know, it was so goofy back then. For some reason, mercy and grace is okay for those, you know, from God to those of us who are believers, but not as parents to children. I, I don't get that. Um, but anyway, it was because of the experience that we had with our younger daughter that moved us in the direction of what we, what we now know as gentle parenting, mm. positive parenting, kind parenting, grace-based, you know, there's lots of names for it, as you know, respectful parenting. When we were having a, a real difficult time, she was around, you know, between the age of seven and 10. I, I think that's right. We were at the second church that I pastored. I got my degree, uh, master's degree in divinity, and I pastored a couple of churches, four churches ultimately. But the second church that I pastored uh, was um, a strong, conservative, Orthodox, Presbyterian, traditional, um, you know, I, I would say fundamentalist version of a reformed church. And they did not like the fact that our younger daughter had all these behavioral issues. Hmm. Ultimately, I had meetings with, uh, and we were beside ourselves, we didn't know what to do. We spanked, we listened to these secular you know we we decided okay we're doing all the christian stuff that's not working meaning we're not making her into the child the christian that she ought to be Mm. so we were given some um, cassette tapes and to listen to dvds to to watch that were from a psychologist and we were supposed to be tougher and harder and firmer Mm. and the for her, the harder we got, the more she pushed. Nothing that we did, there, there was no connection between the bum and the brain, none. Consequences were inconsequential, and we were beside ourselves. Um, some of the people in that particular church were very critical of her and her behavior, and they, they treated her meanly. There were others, many others were very kind to her, but the, um, the de facto leaders including the elders, and did not appreciate that she was a wild child. So they came to the conclusion that it was, um, the elders had a meeting with me. And the elders told me that uh, our child was out of control, and we needed to get her under control. And hmm. By the way, when people say get your child under control, that's a big trigger. Hmm. I, I really want to punch them in the face. <laughs> but I won't uh yet to hear you know we we were doing everything that we knew to do and she was not Hmm. conforming and so the
0: interesting thing about control I'm sorry to cut you off
2: no go ahead when
0: you talk about control you're like you need to get your child under control um the Bible not once tells us to control anyone else, but instead right. it says that the fruit of the Spirit is self control. Like exactly. the only person I'm supposed to be controlling here is myself. It exactly. is not my job to control anyone else. So that's I can right. relate to being triggered, you know, when people are like, you need to get your kid under control. I'm like, nope, that's not my job. That's the Holy Spirit's job to give him self control. <laughs>
1: you exactly know. Exactly right. Yeah. yeah. But at the time, I believe that that was our job to mm. get her under control.
2: Yeah. And the
1: pressure was on more and more until the elders had a couple of meetings. And the one meeting, they brought a, a fellow pastor and a, who was also a new counselor to oh gosh. fix me. Oh, no. And I, I knew, I mean, he had given some wise advice to me and my family periodically over the five years we were there. Oh, I'm uh, so, sorry
0: to cut you off again. Just, I just want to make sure for people that are listening that are not familiar with that term, because that was a new one for me that I, I was not familiar with. Can you explain a little bit about what nuthetic counseling is?
1: Nuthetic counseling comes primarily from, was the birth child of a man by Dr. J. Adams. His name is Dr. J. Adams. Uh, he passed away last year sometime, or early this year. And he started a movement back in the 60s and 70s of biblical counseling. So he rejected any sense, any type, any style of um, psychology. So all man-made psychology, all man-made therapies was no different, no better than witch doctors. Mm. It was all false. And that we Christians have the... Um, the biblical authority and the power to counsel one another and it's supposed to come from the bible i got my my secondary and let me say my certificate was in biblical counseling when i got my master's in divinity Mm -hmm. so neuthatic counseling they've changed the names and there are a lot of different groups of biblical counselors Mm -hmm. but these biblical counselors are um fundamentalists in their mindset and they're anti most of them are anti-psychology and they try to follow you know the rules the the bible strictly so this this pastor was a biblical neuthetic counselor um, began to rebuke me for for all the things that I was doing wrong with our younger daughter Hmm. and and they finally said this is what we're telling you you need to do
0: But I thought you were doing all of the biblical stuff. Like you were spanking her. You were correcting her.
1: You were doing all that. Okay. Uh, In fact, they said you're not not spanking enough and hard enough. Yeah. You're supposed to spank a child until the child starts crying. And then you keep spanking until they stop crying. Oh And And when they're done, when the child is done, then you are done. And they are supposed to thank you for the spanking. Wow. Well, knew that was ludicrous. And, you know that was that was wrong. But what this uh, what this pastor, biblical counselor, nuthetic counselor, and the elders they said, here's what we want you to do. You, uh, your child is a um, is a bad influence on others, and I. Mm-hmm. And giving the church, giving your family and the church a bad reputation. So you need to take her and put bars on her bedroom window, take everything out of her bedroom except for the mattress pillow and a blanket, and lock her in a room for one year. And what? Uh, the only, how the only how old was
0: she at this time?
1: Nine.
0: Nine years old? Nine or,
1: nine or ten.
0: Oh my gosh. That's horrifying that. But christians and especially biblical counselors yeah. be giving advice like that that's terrifying
1: yeah i was i was stunned they said if you don't do that now she'll end up in jail so she's going to get the treatment then they mm. said uh, you need to break her 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 will and her spirit and um, you know fix her mm. and i thought no you know they said are you going to do this I said, let me think a minute so I paused and I thought, I said, no, I won't do that. That's abusive. Mm-hmm. Well, they don't believe in abuse because it's not in the Bible, um, in that particular word. Mm-hmm. I said, no, I, I won't do that. So then they said, I was incorrigible. And the reason why our daughter was behaving that way was because if I could defy their orders, no wonder our daughter defied my orders.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I was the rebel, therefore, it oozed out onto her and she became the rebel uh i just shook my head i said no i refuse." refused and you can't make me they said we will put you up on charges i said go for it do it wow because in the presbyterian system you can go um, a pastor can be tried put on trial and the the group of elders and pastors in a regional area called presbytery they can try you over something. And I knew that most of the, the people in Presbytery wouldn't support that, even though they were traditional and believed in spanking.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I told them, well, go ahead. I will take it all the way up to the General Assembly on a national level and make it a national case. And I will also talk to people in the local news about this. I will not do it. Well, by saying that I was being rebellious and, um, you know, they have all these wonderful words and that supposedly explained why she was so bad. And I said, how do you explain our older daughter? Mm. You know, gem of a, a, you know, precious godly woman growing into a godly woman. How do you explain, explain her? They said, oh, well, that's all by grace. I said, so you're telling me I have to fix our ch- younger child to make her a Christian. Mm. so that was that was the turning point. And soon after that we left. i there was no hope. i I didn't have their trust. I couldn't agree with their their philosophy of ministry. Wow. And we moved to a I took a call at another church, and circumstances had it that our younger daughter had to see. A um, she was interviewed by a social worker and then taken to a hospital um, where they did an examination and, and worked with her. And in the meantime, one of the social workers called my wife and I into the office. And she said, have you ever heard of reactive attachment disorder?
2: Hmm.
1: No. What is that? She pulls, goes to her file, pulls out a sheet of paper. And she said, here, check off all the boxes that apply we looked as if all of them apply what is this you know you're wow. describing them so that's when we first learned about reactive attachment two weeks later we were working with a specialist
0: I'm sorry to interrupt again for people that aren't familiar can you can you share what is reactive attachment uh, disorder
1: yeah thanks um, it's funny you're you're asking me these things because I usually am a stickler on um, definitions.
0: Yes. Yep. Defining your terms.
1: (laughs) Yes. Reactive attachment is a, um, is a disorder that they believe, um, is caused, is related to post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm -hmm. And it is caused by severe neglect or abuse. And Dr. Bowlby, um, who's the famous guy who developed this attachment theory uh, with with, uh, children and their caregivers. It came about because of what happened when so many people, Christian families mostly, were adopting these children from the orphanages in Romania.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. And the the parents brought these children home and the behaviors, uh, the aggressive, harsh, angry um, behaviors of these children were very, very similar, Uh, you know, so somebody in Wisconsin had a a similar story as to a parent in Southern California and so forth. So Dr. Bowlby and a number of others went and investigated, you know, what is it? Was it lead poisoning? Was it, you know, what was the problem? Why are they all similar in their behaviors? And what they, they call it reactive attachment is because these children having been neglected or abused or both, um, do not form, um, the trust level within their own lives to trust anybody. So they don't form attachments. Mm. And if you, if they get intervention very early on, then the children can, uh, grow out of it and learn how to attach. How to, how to have um, good relationships with others. There are some success stories. Most of them, the children go on to develop bipolar, borderline personality disorder, oppositional, all these other disorders. Mm-hmm. Uh, they end up in jail frequently. They're, they self-medicate, become addicts. So it's a sad thing, but the primary thing that they've discovered Thanks to Bowlby and others, B O B O W L B Y, and others, um, they have found how influential uh, abuse and neglect and trauma is on a child, mm-hmm. even before the child is born and within the first three years wow. of the child's life. Yeah. Wow. Reactive attachment, children with reactive attachment are eager to attach to other people temporarily, but they reject their own caregivers, their mom or dad. Mm. And they usually have a great hostility towards mom. Mm. So the conflict is constant there and they don't trust anybody. um, And it doesn't matter who it is. Mm.
0: I'm sure that was probably really painful and difficult for your wife to go through.
1: Oh, yeah. Very, very, very much. Yeah.
0: So what, so, is, the, what is the solution, I guess, or, or the recommendation for how we can effectively parent children that have such deep-rooted trauma?
1: Um, interestingly enough, the ideas for parenting children who have been abused like that are very similar to the ideas that we hold on to in gentle parenting,
2: hmm. uh,
1: and that's how we got into this, so to speak. We uh, we learned a lot about neuroscience, you know, the, the development of the brain, you know, what it takes to develop trust and, and have the children trust us. Yeah. Firm limits, but not not um, you know always kind, you know, not mean, um, and definitely don't beat and spank and, you know, yell and scream. All those things we did. Yeah. Not knowing, you know, what we were doing to her. Mm-hmm. But um, for a child who has that, if, if the caregiver, the parent could uh, find somebody very early on who is adept and really understands the dynamic of Early intervention and trust and um, you know, reactive attachment and attachments and so forth. Hmm. Um, then there often is hope in the sense that the child can learn um, somewhat like a, an autistic child has to learn how to socialize mm-hmm. with certain people. Yeah. Reactive attachment uh, children often need the the therapy and the gentle, ongoing, you know, firm limits, lots of love, instruction um, to help them. But early is, is extremely important. The earlier, the better.
0: Yeah. That, that, is, that is key because so often I hear that there are parents that they start raising their children with these punitive measures, I guess the more traditional measures of spanking and things yeah. like that. Um, and, and even other things that I think really impact attachment, like the cry it out method when they're babies or um, you know sending children to their own rooms to sleep and like neglecting the biological importance of co-sleeping and things like that. Um, and it, it really does like it, it causes trauma when they're so young. And, and actually that was one of my concerns with my son. Um, uh, my son was born at 29 weeks and so he spent the first two and a half months of his life in an incubator in the NICU and I barely mm. saw him. And so we definitely went through that, that challenge of, of bonding and trying to figure out how to bond with one another, um, And it was, it was so painful. I can't even, it's hard for me to talk about it because it makes me so sad, you know, and and it's just, I know the importance of, of bonding and skin to skin and being close to your mother and, and to, you know, have a child that wasn't able to have that is just so difficult. But I I think you're right. A lot of times we don't, we underestimate the impact of the trauma that our children go through in those younger stages of life. And, not really are aware about how that impacts them as they're growing older. Uh, Yeah.
1: There are so many wonderful resources out there now um, that can help us as parents and teachers and, you know, whatever our our role is with children. But our our journey began when we started listening to uh, many of the therapists who were actually Christian, Mm. but they, you know, they weren't coming from a using their bibles but they came from a very gentle approach towards us mm-hmm. and they were coaching us and teaching us how to relate with our our child and uh, better ways of trying to win her over mm-hmm. um, were we successful no primarily because um you know there are other things that come into play she inherited mm-hmm certain behavioral traits from, mostly from her father, who inherited the behavioral traits, aggressive, harsh, oppositional behavioral traits from the grandfather and the great, I mean, it goes back. And mm-hmm. um, So we could see that. But uh, the, the severe trauma, um, the more we learned about her first three months of life, we were just stupefied. I mean, we couldn't, believe, how could anybody be so wicked as that? And yet they were. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that just set her brain off into a, um, into a situation where she just could not relate. Well, still has problems relating with people. Mm-hmm. Well, even though she ended up, um, she moved out of our home when she was 17, we gave her permission to marry uh, because we didn't want to be responsible for her behaviors if she did anything while she was away with some guy. So she got married at 17. Um, wow. She wasn't quite 18. I don't know, maybe 17 and a half. Um, against our better judgment, we said, all right, go. And She's been out of her home since then. hmm the most part, well, when we when we um, saw our little guy, um, who is now four and a half, we were c- told about him. It, he was born in a house, taken to the hospital, and he was in NICU too for 16 oh, wow. days. He couldn't he couldn't uh, eat on his own and and couldn't breathe on his own for those 16 days. Hmm. But we um, we were there pretty much every day, you know, uh, for those 16 days, holding him when we could, changing his diaper, feeding him, talking to him, rocking, singing. And the hospital was great. Loveland Hospital, Loveland, Colorado Hospital was fantastic because, you know they wanted skin to skin,
2: mm-hmm.
1: holding him as often as possible. I mean, they they got it right. And when we began to think seriously, What are we going to do with this guy at our age? How are we going to do this? Well, we knew uh, foster care was not an option for him. Mm -hmm. And we brought him home. And that is when we said, why can't the things that we learned about working with our daughter who had these disorders, why can't they apply to parenting methods and philosophy Mm -hmm. towards our little boy? yeah and it's uncanny how very similar they are, and that's that started on i I didn't know it was called gentle parenting uh, I call the grace based or kind kindness um kinder parenting kinder care um,
2: yes,
0: I know you know I refer to it as gospel based parenting yes right. i I truly believe gentle parenting is the best way for us to emulate the gospel to our children and showing them the gift of God's amazing grace.
1: Right. Right. I agree. I agree. So it's been a process. Uh, it was about the time that we brought him home that I said, we kept I kept posting things on Facebook about you know what happened. There were a few people who thought it was stupid. What are you doing? You know, you're going to raise your grandson. That's ridiculous. Uh, Family members, especially, you know what you're getting yourself into? Uh, Yes and no. (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) I don't think any of us fully knows what we're getting ourselves into when when we have a child, whether Um, it's a child that we've, you know, born through birth or adopted or fostered or whatever, none of us has a clue.
1: No, that's true. None of us do. And they don't come with instructions. You know? <laughs> they, don't, they don't read all the manuals and the books either. Yeah. Uh, but we had, there was one family that was willing to take him and they had four adopted children and the rest were there. So they had 11 children altogether. Oh, wow. And we thought, well, that's a possibility. And then there was another family Um, That was interested, but the way circumstances came about, we're looking back as it's a good thing, because they both were very traditional
2: Mm.
1: in their in their philosophy.
2: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: And, you know, by then I thought I I just very, very wary and skeptical of the traditional way.
0: yeah, I think your story is very interesting because you have experienced spank, like, I guess that more traditional way of parenting with spanking and punishment and all those things and having two different outcomes, two very different outcomes. And then you've also tried gentle parenting and had two different outcomes. And I think, you know, just that experience is very profound to the consider. You know, I think a lot of times we as parents feel a lot of pressure that I have to be the one, you know, whether that be through the d- traditional method or even in the gentle parenting circle, that, that what I'm doing is going to determine how my child will end up. Right, and, right. Um, and although it is scary to think about, um, you know, that we really don't have control over how our child is going to end up. Yeah. We just can do the best with what we have and with what, you know, with what we know. And, Um, but at the end of the day, none of us are exempt from, from that, you know, like at the end of the day, whether I am the most gentle, perfect parent in the world or the most traditional, you know, spanking punitive parent in the world, I have no control over how my child will end up at the end.
1: Exactly right. That's so true. And we, we believed wrongly in Proverbs 22, six, you know, train up a child in the way that he should go. And he won't depart from it. So parent, you need to train this child so Mm -hmm. that he or she will become a Christian and he'll never depart, never leave the faith. Mm.
0: Uh, I've I've heard that a lot. Um, What do you think about that verse now?
1: Well, I I, uh, posted a couple of great articles uh, talking about the verse. And and the verse is actually, in the Hebrew, actually says the opposite. Hmm. Um, Train the child in the way that he wants to go. In other hmm. words, leave him to his own devices. And when he gets older, and that child is, is a teenager growing up, growing into an adulthood. It's not mm-hmm. a little one. Train the teenager in the way that that teenager wants to go. And when he gets older, he won't depart from that. And, and so it's, it's not a promise. It's a, it's a warning. Mm. It's a warning to uh, parents, don't allow your child to give in to his or her, you know, um, more defiant, harsh, uh, rebellious ways. Mm. That's
0: really interesting. And I I appreciate you mentioning the fact that that passage is actually not talking about small children. I think that was one of the biggest mind blowing revelations for me. When yeah. um, I was researching about the biblical teaching on spanking. And when I realized that the passages in Proverbs that we so often quote to defend this more traditional way of spanking and punishment and training, yeah. as you mentioned, um, that you know, we think they're talking about toddlers when in actuality, the word in Hebrew is the Hebrew word na'ar, um, which is a young adult um, and actually yeah. a legal adult. Right. Um, and so, yeah. So for those who are not familiar that, um, I would encourage you to check out my book or Don's articles. Um, and I'll make sure that I link those articles below. Cause I know you've written on that topic as well. Um, and for me, that was the, that was like the nail in the coffin for me. I was like, okay, if we're going to use these passages of scripture to defend hitting a child as a form of discipline. When we look in the Hebrew, we see that this word is talking about someone who's, you know, twelve to seventeen years old. This is not talking about a tantrum throwing two year old. Um, right. We really have no biblical basis for hitting our children, as is practiced in in current modern Christianity. Um,
1: right. Agreed.
0: Adults. Thank you for mentioning that, and and I will again make sure that I will include those links to those articles that you mentioned in the in the yeah, show notes, thanks. so people can read those.
1: Well, that was a struggle that uh, I was having. You know, how do, how do I justify biblically? Because after all, you know, I have my master's in divinity. I've been a Christian since I was 16. Uh, you know, I have my doctorate in, in ministry. You know, how in the world can I justify biblically um, not being punitive, not spanking and, and all that? How can I do that Yeah. Uh, and use these so-called worldly, ungodly, wicked ways? Um, you know, with our with our children, with our child, until I happened across Sam Martin's book, Samuel Martin's book,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, that um, I forget the name of the title. Um,
0: it's called it Thy Rod and Thy Staff, They Comfort Me.
1: And yes. that one is
0: free. That was actually one of the ones that was really impactful for me too, as I was reading and learning. So um, we are fortunate enough that Samuel Martin has included that book online and made it available completely for free. It is also available for purchase on Amazon, but you can download the free one from his website, which I will include that book in the show notes for you as well. Cause that was that was really instrumental in my study and my research um, and helping me understand biblically why what i was feeling intuitively um was biblically based
1: same here Uh, i had i didn't have any problems spanking and most of the the families that i knew were not and that i know now christian families they're traditional Um, for the most part they're kind I, i wouldn't consider them abusive in the you know in the harsh sense they do spank, but most of the time they don't. So um, they don't agree with me. I think I'm a nut job, and uh, you know some have even you know considered me as a uh, as some someone theologically wayward. Mm-hmm. Shame on me! You know, <laughs> I, I get the gospel wrong because we don't spank. But <laughs> but I once I read that book and really got to thinking about things such as what you brought up, or Proverbs says, and then I said, none of these verses command us to beat our child.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: even if they say it's okay to do so, or you ought to do so with teenagers, none of them say you must. Mm-hmm. And that was then the moment of which I said, then how do we parent? Yeah. And as a major paradigm shift, it was very, very hard. Now,
2: so how, I, I, how
0: would you answer that question now? Someone were to say, you know, I, I've been spanking and you're telling me now that spanking is not biblical. How do we parent now? What does the Bible really say about parenting?
2: Well,
1: I, I believe you, you bring it out and, and others as well. Um, the best model or example is to look at Jesus and the way he discipled his disciples. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. Now that's not to say that the story in the Gospels is all about how to parent, uh, but starting from the point of Jesus and the Gospel, a, a sovereign God of the universe who has all power and might came in a very kind and loving way and treated his disciples. He rebuked them. He exhorted them. He taught them constantly. He it was a common practice. For the Pharisees, you know, for the teachers, the scribes and Pharisees, whatever teachers, to slap or punch their students if they got the wrong answer. That was common. Uh, but in 1 Timothy, you know, the exhortation from Paul is, you know, don't don't smack, don't smite, don't hit um, someone, you know, if you, if you're a, an elder or a pastor, don't hit. And that was because that was the tradition. Jesus never did that you know and even when he went in with the whip you know to clear out the temple he never whipped people he he came in scaring the tar out of them
0: <laughs> it's interesting that that verse that you bring up that verse cuz i know a lot of people say that well like jesus you know went in the temple with the whip and all that stuff and um and when you read that verse as well in the greek um, it actually says that he whipped the animals like he was right. getting the animals like he was moving Gathering. the animals yeah. um he he wasn't he never um was violent towards okay. other human beings yeah. and especially if we were to look at his interactions with children um i mean he was incredibly gentle and gracious and patient right. and loving with the right. children that were there in a way that was very uncommon for the culture that he was in
1: yeah it was, it was- it, too, was radical, I and mean, yes. it was upside down to the culture,
0: yeah,
1: yeah um, so i you know, I would exhort people to to study. I came out of a punitive system. I grew up in a punitive family, non-Christian family, well, nominal. Um, so I, I know a lot about being spanked and spanky. and so it, the the paradigm of A grace-based, gospel-oriented, kind and gentle way of working with our children uh, was hard. And it took me six or seven years. We're still learning. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, here we have a four and a half year old and uh, we get frustrated. You know, sometimes he just really pushes all the buttons and, you know, we understand what's going on and we're just at our wits end and we're Mm -hmm. tired. And, you know, I just want to take him and put them in a the cage somewhere, <laughs> you know, I, sometimes I feel like, oh, okay, I, I, I'm just going to spank them. And, mm. um, but side by side, you look at the differences and ultimately we had to realize we can't make our children what we want them to be. Mm. We can't turn them into Christians. That's God's job. Yeah. We can't make them uh, the best we can do with all these methods uh, a traditional old methods is turn them into Pharisees
0: mm-hmm.
1: older in life. Wow. And I, I happen to believe that many people who, have, who are going through their uh, deconstruction of Christianity, I happen to believe they probably grew up in homes that with authoritarian mm-hmm. parents, um, very traditional in their way. Yeah, you know, scold and spank, and so forth, and and so they they didn't understand the kindness of the Lord, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying they they all were that way. I just happen to believe that many grew up in those environments, and they finally have had enough. Yeah, but I find it um, raising our grandson because on the one hand I don't have a degree in, you know, in uh, childhood development or anything like that. Um, Wasn't well,
0: it nice that God takes the foolish things of the world to shame the wise?
1: <laughs> well, yeah, but it's I, difficult. I feel, like, because,
0: I feel like that sometimes.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it is difficult. Here I am a grandfather talking about gentle parenting. You know, mm-hmm. what's up with that? And yeah. we have lost friends uh, because we are raising our grandson. Hmm. Um, you know, we we can't. We have a hard time finding uh, people our age who want to do things with us because we have a four-year-old, <laughs> and and we are too old to deal with younger parents who have children our boys' age.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So we're in a hard hard spot. Yeah. And um, and yet, where where was where, where I'm going with this is ultimately is praying and hoping that the impact that we're having as he develops will uh, give him what is necessary, like a gardener does in preparing the soil, you know, for the plants, give him all that is necessary and helpful for him to grow up to be a, um, if, if nothing else, a good, decent citizen, but hopefully a wonderful, caring, loving genuine christian mm. and that's in god's hands yeah and so gentle parenting is about the long haul not the immediate mm. and we know that all the spanking that we did and all the yelling and screaming and all the rules and all the charts none of that was effective mm-hmm. with our with our one child none and all the things that we were afraid would happen to her Uh, and how she would turn out, um, all our worries and fears did come true. Mm. So for some of us that, you know, that, that just might be the case. But when I am dealing with our little guy, I keep thinking, hopefully this is helping him. So when he turns 13 and 16 and 18, he has a good solid foundation.
0: Yeah. Well, and like you said, at the end of the day, we are only responsible for ourselves. Like we can only control the kind of human being, the kind of Christian, the kind of follower of Jesus that I want to be. um, And, and the kind of person that I am. And in the end, I have to trust God with the results of that. You know, I'm only accountable for the way that I act. And my job is to act like Jesus. And as you said, the heart of gentle parenting is looking at Jesus, looking at the way that he interacted with other people, in particular, his disciples, because that's what, the the same root word you know discipline and disciple they come from the same root word so when we look at those things we look at the way that jesus treated his disciples and we use that as our model of how we can interact with our children and trust god with the results um which is it's not easy (laughs) Um, no
2: it's not it's not
0: but yeah and i i i'm so thankful for the work that you have done over the many 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 years um and i know that you had mentioned before that nuthetic counseling was really not effective <laughs> um which i could say i've had some pretty terrible experiences with nuthetic counselors myself especially in dealing with um you know abusive relationships and just the way that they handle abuse in particular is really terrible um But can you tell us a little bit more about what Relevate Counseling is instead of New Thetic Counseling? What is Relevate Counseling?
1: Well, I I did have my uh, certificate in in New Thetic Biblical Counseling that I got at the same time that I um, received my Master's in Divinity. And and the point, what I wanted to do, I found myself um, no longer pastoring churches. And I thought, what am I going to do when I grow up? (laughs) <laughs> and I found myself counseling quite a few people, mostly in their marriage relationships, premarital relationships, um, and so forth, and in pastoral counseling. And I said, I, my concern is helping people elevate the relationships they are in. So I mm-hmm. put the two words together and came up with relevant, to elevate you know, relationships. And um, most, uh, most of it emphasized uh, parents, not parents, um, um, people who are married, marriage, and, and so forth. And then when we got our little guy, I said, you know, there's so much out there um, that needs to be said in the Christian world about gentle, kind parenting. Mm-hmm. So that's how it, how it started. And, you know, I, I wrote a lot about communicating, effective communication. Mm -hmm. I was working with uh, Titus II ministry out of California with a friend of mine, uh, you know, doing seminars for couples and uh, conflicts and things like that.
0: And for people that don't know, Dr. Don is a phenomenal, phenomenal writer. Um, You Mm -hmm. have some of the most concise and profound articles on, specifically on the topic of gentle parenting, I think that I have ever read in my life. Um, that have really been a blessing for me, and I know for many others in the Christian community as well. Um, and you also have a book. Would you mind sharing with us a little bit about your new book?
1: My new book that's coming up. Um, my first book, "The Perfect Pastor," question mark, uh, was about pastoring. The second book was Thanksgiving, Thanks Living, you know, how to apply gratitude from a Christian perspective. And then the book that I have been struggling on and working slowly with is called, um, well, is about gentle parenting and a, a biblical premise and support for gentle parenting. Does the Bible have anything to say? The redemptive history that is recorded in scripture Can that say anything about us as people and how we relate with our children and parent? So I'm calling it cultivating kids Mm. because it is not a how-to. I mean, I do talk about how to apply these ideas, but uh, it's primarily, for example, starting off with we are made in the image of God. What relevance does that have in how we see our children? Hmm. You know, and, and it works from there to our, you know, to where we are today.
0: Hmm.
1: That's I awesome. prayers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. And um, if someone is interested in getting those books or connecting with you, Don, how can they do that?
1: Well, they can go to Relevate.org. Uh,
0: okay.
1: And, and uh, there's, there's a number of places where they can either get my email or phone number. Uh, they can contact me through Relevate. So there are a variety of ways to do that.
0: Awesome, and I have links for your Facebook, your Twitter, as well as your website, relevate.org. Um, so if you are interested in in checking out the free articles that Dr. Don has written, or if you would like to purchase his books as well, make sure that you check out those links in the description. And um, before we finish our um, our episode for today, I wanted to ask you. One last question, if you could provide one piece of advice that you would like to leave the listeners with, what would it be?
1: Uh, one
0: <laughs> yeah um, one, maybe top three
1: <laughs> i I would say you know seek seek the face of jesus yeah I, i'm not I'm not trying to be ethereal or philosophical um just going back to the essentials of the gospel and you know i i had to do that after leaving the second church because i nearly lost my faith mm. I, I was so done and what brought me back was looking to christ and looking at the um, you know the resurrection if that was true then what he said is true and you know starting from from scratch going back um And if at all possible to find uh, supportive, loving, caring people in your life,
0: That is is great advice, because you're right, having community and people around you that know and understand um, these biblical principles and gentle parenting from a biblical perspective. It's so important to have other people that are in your life, whether it be in your real life. Um, And if you don't have people in your real life, I know you can definitely find that. Um, through different Facebook groups that we have, I know we are we are both in the Gentle Parenting Community group, um, which is a great one, and there are other uh, you know Christian gentle parenting Facebooks as well. So I'll make sure that I link those as well. Um, thank you so much, Dr. Don, for being a guest on the World Schooling Peaceful uh, World Schooling podcast. It was such an honor to have you.
1: Well, it's my privilege. I I really appreciate taking the time and and chatting with you. It went by so quickly. Thanks so much,
0: Angela. I know. Thank you so much. I know there's so much more to talk about, so I'll have to have you on again, hopefully in the future. Um, And to those of you who are listening, I just want to thank you as well um, for joining us today for the Peaceful World Schooling Podcast. I hope that this episode has been as much of a blessing for you as it has been for me. Remember that there are new episodes that are released every Tuesday, so make sure you subscribe so you won't miss out on a single one. May God bless you, and I hope you have a wonderful day.
1: You too. God bless you.
0: Join us next Tuesday on the Peaceful World Schooling Podcast. I'm your host, Angela Harders. And if you enjoyed today's episode, click subscribe and be sure to hit the bell so you will not miss out on a single episode.